1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 through 10, and chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. We'll be reading from the New International Version. Please follow along as presented on the screens above. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel clearly with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how he lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's not only in Macedonia and anything God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who rescues us from the coming wrath. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Well, good morning. I'm Nancy, one of the pastors here on the team, and I'm honored to be here with you today while Pastor Mark is on his sabbatical. I actually saw some pictures that he and Patty were in Vancouver this last week as he took a class. They're looking refreshed and renewed, so that's good news for them. And as pastor to children, uh, I just want to mention again, this family corner is up here with some activities for kids. So use that if it's helpful for you. We also have the sensory table and for anyone, some fidget toys, some extra seating options. So please take advantage of those if they're helpful for you. I love this series we've been in this summer, Rhythms for Rest and Renewal. And over the last few weeks, we've talked about rhythms, the natural rhythms of our lives, the the four seasons come in a rhythm, rhythms of full moments and quieter moments in our days that balance out, the very rhythm of our breath. And I think rhythm is very different than balance. When we're trying to balance something, we're trying to hold it on this constant tension and keep everything equal and normal. And and really, I think, is where it actually sets us up for failure thinking somehow we can keep everything in this balanced equilibrium. Lean into spiritual practices and and practicing this rhythm. We're allowing time to study what God says about drawing closer to him through various practices that bring us rest and renewal. Now, Summer should be a season of rest, right? Enjoying the sun, playing outside, picnicking, concerts in the park, all of these fun things, playing at the lake, but hang on. Uh, I know they say here in the Pacific Northwest, summer starts after 4th of July, but it really feels like summer just started yesterday. Am I right? I have some sun. This rain has really made me pretty grouchy. I know there's some of you that you guys just always like the rain when it comes, whenever it comes. And honestly, right now I'm giving you some side eye on that because I need sun in my bones. So I'm today. And not getting this sun has made me just a little bit grouchy the last few weeks. I've also been trying to work on my backyard, get it all kind of ready for summer, plant flowers. I've been starting a little garden there and some raised garden boxes. And some of the flower pots don't have good drainage in them. And with all of... I have some plants that are actually drowning. 
Do you hear me? My summer plans are drowned by rain. I am quite irritated. I've been complaining about it. And then I woke up the other morning like, okay, I'm going to have some gratitude today. And I peeked through the blinds in my bedroom to look out at my little plants I've been creating and that I've been cultivating. And a deer ate my pepper plant. Do you see the leaves are all gone off the top of that pepper plant? Just He had a little snack. I love seeing the baby deer in my yard, but honey, don't eat my pun. Seriously, that just sent me off on a complaint train the other day. Molds are making a mess of my backyard. The kids left the dishes out. My daughter got a call that her storage unit in Arizona was broke into. All of her dorm stuff might be gone. I may have to buy all new dorm stuff for her. Something was wrong on her financial aid, and I might have to pay some of that if it doesn't kick in. And that just sent me from this complaint train to this worry train. I started worrying even more. What about my son's tuition? He's in college. What if something's wrong there and that doesn't kick in? Wait, what about my own grad program that I'm in and paying for? How am I going to pay for that? Four bonus daughters that I love dearly who are coming upon college age as well, and I need to save for them. And the worry just kept coming. And then as I was doing that and worrying, I started scratching and picking at this spot right here that it was a huge blister after doing a lot of raking outside on the playground here. And then my worry turns to the playground. It's out there. Is the fence going to look okay? Are the kids going to enjoy playing on this? Did I do enough? That ever happened to you? You start to worry about one thing going on around you, and then the complaints just start rolling. Or maybe someone says something to you that just takes you down this rabbit hole of anxiety and worry, and it sets off a whole other complaint train. You know the one I'm talking about. One complaint leads to another, and some days you can just whip out a whole list of those. The house is a mess. No one's help picking up. I'm doing all the work. My kids didn't do their homework during the school year. Come on. And now it's summer. They're just so bored. They don't want to do anything. The neighbors just got a new car. Wait, do we need a new car? Uh, how are we going to afford a new car? Wait, what are the neighbors thinking of us driving this five-year-old car? That is completely such a train that just continues. And they say misery loves company, right? Do you ever find yourself around someone who's, who's maybe a negative Nancy? Oh, wait. Wait. <laughs> Oops. Let me reframe that. Maybe a negative Nelly. Would that be better? <laughs> anyway. You're trying to be supportive, encourage struggles, because we all have struggles and, and need somebody to listen to us, but, but pretty soon you're caught right up in that, complaining right along with them about your life too. Maybe even another. Then that starts feeding your anxiety. I saw this meme the other day that kind of gives us a picture of this complaint train. Take a look at this. There's lots of people in line there at the complaint department. How many times do we fall into that line of complaining instead of practicing gratitude? Sometimes I think this is really detrimental to our spiritual lives as well. We're supposed to be practicing this spiritual rhythm of life, yet worry and complaint and anxiety tend to draw us deeper into ourselves, deeper into the complaint line. And that means we're further God. Sometimes I also think this complaint train takes us from God when we're with our non-Christian friends. 
or when we're listening to what society and the world is telling us is the most important. It's hard to stand in that gratitude line when everyone around us is lining up in the complaint. Take a look here at the picture closer. I know we've all been in that complaint line at one time or another. Maybe we're kind of living that, that Eeyore life. Oh man, it happened again. I'm just... The world joins us on that pity party and that complaint train, pulling us deeper into ourselves and further from God. Now look again at that gratitude line that's empty. Kids, do you see this? Do you see this empty gratitude line right there? Now imagine if waiting at that gratitude window is God. Mm. That reframes it for us, doesn't it? What if he's the one waiting for us to come closer and share our gratitude instead of our complaints? Today we're looking at a passage in 1 Thessalonians and the ways that we practice gratitude. Now, the book of the Bible, this book of the Bible was written by the letter of letter in Thessalonica. So kids, uh, we always kind of practice this downstairs. If this was written by Paul after the time Jesus had walked on the earth, is this in the New Testament or the Old Testament? Old Testament or New Testament? If it's after Jesus, it's in it, right? I see Clara out there. New Testament. So if you have your Bible with you or an app on your phone, I invite you to open that up right now to the New Testament book of 1 Thessalonians. Now, the books of 1 and 2 Thessalonians are letters Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica. Paul wanted to encourage a community of relatives to persevere in their faith commitment to love and support one another. Now, a few things to note about Thessalonica. Let's take a look here at a map. It was a city about 100 miles west of Philippi. Think letter to the Philippians. You can see it way up there at the top. It was part of Paul's second journey. So Thessalonica city that was very important and the city had enjoyed a long history. We also see there that it's, it's on the north side there of Greece. So that helps reframe for us as well. Now the city had been named a capital of the Romans uh, for Macedonia. And even after Roman domination, the city was not restructured as a Roman colony. So it retained more of its Greek identity into the Roman period. So that makes us think of Greek mythology, idols, the things that the... And this would also give us the idea that um, the congregation Paul is writing to is primarily a Gentile congregation. So Paul, together with Silas and Timothy, begins his letter to the Thessalonians. I want you to listen again to these encouraging words. This time I'm going to read from the message. Every time we think of you, we thank God for you. Day and night, you're in our prayers as we call to mind your work of faith, your labor of love, and your patience of hope in following our master, Jesus Christ, before God our Father. It is clear to us, friends, that God not only loves you very much, but also has put his something special. When the message we preach came to you, it wasn't just words in you. The Holy Spirit puts steel in your convictions. In this section, Paul is expressing his gratitude for the ways the Thessalonians have lived out their faith, their love, 
their endurance. Sounds to me like they're leaning into God instead of drawing into themselves. Continuing on, it says, You paid careful attention to the way and determined to live that way yourselves. In imitating us, you imitated the master. Although great trouble accompanied the word, you were able to take great joy from the Holy Spirit. Taking the trouble with the joy and the joy with the trouble. So Paul's recognizing the ways that they are living out their faith life. Christianity was people interacted with culture, with the world of the day. Now this would have been seen as a political and social threat. The Christians were facing trouble, but I love that it says they took trouble with the joy and the joy with their trouble. That adversity and they're turning it into gratitude. Continuing on in verse 7, do you know that all over the provinces of both Macedonia and Achaia, believers look up? The word has gotten around. Your lives are echoing the master's word, not only in the provinces, but all over the place. The news of your faith in God is out. We don't even have to say anything anymore. You're the message. People come up and tell us how you received us with how you deserted the dead idols of your life so you can embrace and serve God, the true God. They marvel at how expectantly you await for the arrival of the son whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescued us from certain doom. How you deserted the idols of your life? In this Greek culture, they were still practicing this idolatry. Citizens were still practicing cultic displays of gratitude towards the city's most important people, their benefactors, and cultic displays of loyalty and dedication to the city. That's what they were worshiping and showing their gratitude to. They were thanking an idol, a statue. And the Greeks were not happy with these new Christians, their new ideas, and their actions. You're not going to give this sacrifice to an idol? Pressure of all kinds was heaping up on the, the Christians to return to their former way of life the way still living. In the midst of this, the Thessalonians, they stood in their faith, that steel conviction. And they also stood with gratitude for who Jesus was. Now, kids, last week, if you were here with us, we were studying 1 John and what it means to be a Christian, how we walk in Christian life, Christian fellowship with one another. that comes from a life lived with Christ. Actually, we identified Three types of happiness that come from life with Jesus. Kids, any of you here, do you remember what any of those three were? Maybe? I know it's been summer, so we're kind of in and out. But we talked about three kinds of happiness. We talked about cookie happy, hug happy, and Jesus happy. I know, right? Cookie happy? And I think these same thing, Thessalonians, and I think we see it go deeper to this joyful attitude of gratitude, this deep sense. So let me explain this, okay? Cookie happy. I mean, that sounds good, right? Like if someone gives us a cookie, we're pretty darn happy. Who likes Oreos? Does that make you pretty happy to think about having an Oreo? And you'd probably be prompted to use your manners and say, please. And then you'd probably say, thank you. After you got one, would you say thank you? 
I think you probably would. So let's try this out, okay? Kids, kids, if you're here, raise your hand if you would be cookie happy and practice cookie gratitude. Cookie gratitude. Kids, raise your hands, and I'm going to have somebody come around and give you some cookies, okay? Yeah, how does that make you feel? Pretty darn happy. I see lots of hands over this way. Yeah. Oh, hands are coming in from the back room. They're like, oh yeah, I'm happy. Bring it. And does that lead us to cookie gratitude? Oh, thank you for the cookies. Yes. So even uh, the neighbors and friends of the Thessalonians are trying to shame the people. Paul was encouraging the Christians and he was expressing this gratitude for the example they were sharing with their lives. He's reminding them, don't focus on how they experience life or what they say is honorable and right they get cookie happy. See, they practice some cookie gratitude. The other people, the non-Christians, were missing out on the good and what we are ultimately grateful for, our life in Jesus Christ. Cookie gratitude can sometimes be a bit more satisfying or a bit more self-focused as we try to satisfy those, those things. And gratitude could look like gratitude for things we have experiences we get to do. I am practicing cookie gratitude for a car that I have and and things. Sometimes it's those experiences we share and things the world tells us are good, good things to have. Not bad things, just it's where we're placing our gratitude. Now this hug gratitude is a more focused gratitude for the other people in our life. Like the hug happiness When someone gives us a hug, we feel happy and we feel gratitude for that person. Usually, except I see two sisters trying to hug right now and one of the sisters is like, nah, not having it, not having it. But often we feel that happiness and gratitude for that other person. And the same way the Thessalonian Christians turned from the world around them and what the world was telling them, and they turned to other Christians. They turned to Jesus. They were worried what their former friends were saying helped them leave behind the negative words of what the world was telling them of how to live. He reminded them of whose opinion really matters. They must first focus on God's approval and share that, not worrying about what the world says. For us, this looks like encouraging others, being grateful for others in our lives, the joy that they bring us. And maybe we practice this not just by telling somebody we're thankful and grateful for them. Maybe it's not even something they did for you or gave you, but you just watch And you see the way God is working in their life. And you want to express your gratitude for that. I know a family that's done this practice with their kids. Keep their eyes open during the week to see where God is at work. And then at the end of the week, they write a thank you note to that person. Isn't that kind of amazing and beautiful? Now as we look at Jesus' gratitude, when we know Jesus is the Son of God, who lived and died for our sins, giving us eternal life, that can prompt us to gratitude, complete and utter thankfulness for who Jesus is and the free gift that he is in our lives. Paul is reminding the Thessalonians of this basic fact. By giving thanks to God, we are reminded of who we are to give thanks to. 
to the one whose approval we want. It's not the approval of the world around us. It's not the approval of the things we have or the experiences we do. Paul seeks to please God rather than things or experiences, which counts far more than society's approval. And Paul is also grateful. These Christians are emulating this. They're imitating this and living this way. They're all standing in that gratitude line. line. When we know the love and sacrifice of Jesus, we also don't keep that to ourselves. Jesus and his love is not static. It's not one-dimensional. His gift of eternal life should create this place of unending, deep lives that absolutely colors the way we live out the rest of our lives, the way we relate to others, the way we relate to the world. Living out of this place of deep gratitude for the transformation Jesus brings in our life could look like spending time in worship, practices to live in and out of our deepest spaces with Jesus. It could look like sharing the good news with another person. Now, this radically realigns our practice of gratitude, leading us to a connection with God, with others, and the world. Listen to this again. This radically realigns our practice of gratitude, leading us on a path of greater connection with God, others, and the world. Let's fall on the complaint train. Let's feed this anxiety. I need more, more, more things and stuff and experiences and I'll grumble and complain until I get what I need or what I get my own way. Jesus gives us another way. He's reminding the Thessalonians and us as believers, we know a different way. We know a different life. So don't fall back into that trap of grumbling, of seeking more, living in anxiety or worry. Be thankful. Practice gratitude out of these deepest places in your soul. When we do that, we gain this inner joy that just bubbles up, that can't be contained, that spills over into deep gratitude. Instead of following this formula of of being grateful for things, A life with Jesus puts him as a priority, and that flows over to others and the world. It realigns how we relate to God, how we relate to others, how we relate to the world. And then we're able to, he gives at the end of 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 5, verses 16 through 18 say, rejoice always Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this for you in Christ Jesus. Listen to that in the message. Be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens, this is the way God wants you who belong to Jesus to live. I've experienced this type of deep gratitude before. It goes beyond what the world and others try to tell us. One of those times was on my way home from a mission trip to Kodera. We have a team there, so we're continuing to hold them in prayer now. And as I was returning, I was so grateful for God, for the opportunity I had 
to be a witness to others in another part of the world at work in them. They were a blessing to me. Another time I felt this deep gratitude was after running a marathon. Seriously, hard work, 26, no joke. And afterwards, while I may have felt some gratefulness for, for the experience, I really felt a deep gratitude for the way God has uniquely created our bodies, the ways he is working in us. And in response to both of those, I came to him with gratitude. I I journaled about it. I experienced this inner joy and deep gratitude for who God was and is in my life. So how do we respond? What does this look like for us? Gratitude. I believe it is a spiritual discipline. Just as I spent time training for that marathon, we spend time practicing at spiritual disciplines. We work at the discipline of spending time with Jesus. We must also work at this practice of deep gratitude. Here's some ideas. Thank you cards are one way we can do this. You can practice that cookie note. I'll see if I find any on my desk this week. It could be for something you did, something somebody did for you. Maybe we write a note of gratitude, of thanks to Jesus. Our kids actually do this downstairs in our response room. Take a look at this. We have a wall with some greeting cards. Write thank you notes on the back of those, words of praise for who God is and what he's doing in our lives, and and we hang them up there. We have another prayer wall. Dear God, thank you so much for my dog, Chewy Fun Sports, for providing everything for me and for giving me so many friends and family. Isn't that great to see that gratitude pouring out of a child? They can lead us in how we do this. Another great practice of response when we look back at how we respond is hands up, hands down. This is one of my favorite practices. When worry, complaints, anxiety, I use this. I use this especially when I'm worshiping on a Sunday morning. The goal is to let your heart focus on God, not on your circumstances. So I pretend I'm holding the worry or the distraction, the things that are coming to my mind, the things that are pulling me further, and then I just turn my hands upside down, letting it all pour out. Can you guys practice that? Hold your hands up just right in front of you. Simple as this. Hold the worry there. Turn it upside down. Let it all out. I did it this morning. I was a little bit worried about speaking here in front of all of you. You guys can all be a little bit scary sometimes. But, but I held that worry and I turned it upside down. Then I turned my hands up, up to heaven, up to God, up to the blessing he has. And I hold the reminders of his love. I will never leave you or forsake you. I am with you always to the end of the age. I have called you and equipped you. And as my mind starts to wander, I turn my hands over and let it out. And sometimes I pray scripture as I do this. I love 2 Timothy 1.7. Lord, you are, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And I turn them down again. And I will not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. We'll wait on your goodness and grace with a grateful heart. It's a simple practice we can engage in at any time. Another great thing to do is the gratitude journal. We also have this as a response station. 
Just a journal. Notice where God is at work. Are you feeling hug gratitude today? Cookie gratitude. Maybe God is taking you to a deeper place with him. Keep a little journal. Jot all of that down. In all of this, how we respond. How will you practice deep gratitude this week? Will you thank someone not just with a thank you, but maybe practice an, I'm grateful for you. Here's something else that I think is really important for you to know. You can't give away what you don't have. Spend time with Jesus. Dwell with him in the Jesus gratitude circle. Release your worries, your complaints. You can't give away what you don't have. Parents, this quote is a great reminder for you as well. Children have never been very good at listening to their parents, but they have never failed to imitate them. Who are you imitating? The world? Jesus. And this one, born in us, it's something we are taught, and in turn, we teach our children. Little people are watching. Even right now, little people are watching How are you practicing gratitude? How are you modeling gratitude? You don't need to supply your children with the newest video game gadget you can afford. We don't need to just stay in cookie happy or hug happy. We practice at turning our grumbling downward, releasing the little things downward, and turning our hands up to see the blessings God has for us, around us. We overwhelm us buying into what the world says should matter to us, or we can practice Jesus' gratitude. We can practice a gratitude that reforms us, that helps us see differently, that turns us around much, turning from those frustrating, complaining things and that complaint train to Jesus' gratitude. And as we do that, others see that we have been with Jesus. We become part of his message to the world. A few weeks of practicing this type of gratitude as well. Letting go of the frustrations and anxiety. You know those little plants I spoke about earlier? I let go of the frustration of them eating my peppers. I mean, I was a little frustrated still, but I let that go. And I became grateful to spot a deer in my yard. And as much as I love to plant, I have a husband who loves to build. And so he did a little more building and he put nets around our little plants that are out there to keep the deer away. And I am so grateful for that. To an open-handed gratitude with blessings from God. Yesterday I practiced it and I intentionally said to my husband, I'm grateful for you. And he turned to me and sincerely said back to me, I'm really grateful for you. That gratitude place is a pretty good place to be, friends. So let's live into this Jesus gratitude. Rejoice always in who he is and what he has done. Pray continually, sharing your gratitude with God and releasing your worries to him. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is what God wants. Pray with me. 
Father God, thank you that we can be reminded of your love for us. That you, and as we start to follow that complaint train and, and live into the worry and anxiety of this world, God, you show us another way. Help us to release those worries down, those fears down, because that is not from you. Help us to turn our hands, our hearts, our minds up to you, lives, and all you continue to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.